you nap today? Well, here's your chance. But instead of a soothing meditation, you'll be put to sleep by two men droning on about the state of marketing and attempting to be fun. This is like that awful first date, but you get to leave when you want. This is Above the Fold and Below Your Expectations. Welcome everybody to Above the Fold. Today we're joined by lawyer turned house flipper, turned van lifer, turned digital nomad coach, slash spirit hat wearer, slash magician onesie wearer, Lisa Jacobs. Lisa, what's happening? Hello, everybody. <laughs> that is me. Did I cover everything? Um, yeah, I think so. You pretty much got all the bases. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to have this conversation. Francis, I know you've got questions about what a spirit hat is and what a magician onesie looks like. I was going to go there. I also have questions on where we're going to go because as I, I have no idea. Everyone, Jeff has not prepped me at all, um, which is fine. I'm just going to react to stuff. But yeah, let's start with there. What is a what is a spirit hat? A spirit hood, oh, actually. Hood. <laughs> um, I have a dire wolf spirit hood, and it's from Spirit Hoods. So I'll give you a little bit of background, Francis. Jeff is actually the reason that I spent two months living in Colombia the last two months. Um, we're part of this digital nomad group, Wi-Fi Tribe. And we did a Zoom together because Jeff offers his time to do SEO chats with some people sometimes. And just one hour with him. And then later he posted, hey, I'm getting a mansion in Colombia. Does anyone want to go? And I was like, me. (laughs) (laughs) So I brought the spirit hood to Colombia to the mansion along with my magician onesie and a whole bunch of other fun accessories. You got to explain to Francis what what the spirit hood is, though. It's like a big hat. Um, it is probably somewhere in somewhere, but it's like a big hat. It looks like a wolf, and it has arms in it. And you just kind of like dance under the moon. Oh, I've yeah, I've seen yeah. I can at least. Do you have a spirit it. hood? I don't have a spirit hood, but I can imagine. I feel like I've seen these. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining it in my mind. You can choose your animal, too. It doesn't have to be a dire wolf. Oh, that's very cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I also have to add, I always love hearing about Wi-Fi Tribe because it. ever since Jeff started talking about it, it the joke was that it was a cult and that Jeff had joined a cult and now now was traveling the it world. Um, and in some ways it is, but it sounds like a fun cult that I can never be a part of because I'm, I'm chained to the house with the kids and family. Um, um, so I love hearing stories about Wi-Fi trucks. It is a very fun cult. <laughs> Francis does get, he does get a reprieve every now and then. He'll build an igloo outside of the house and turn it into a bar and hide from the kids in it. I totally did that. Incredible. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was frozen out, out back. I had to clear up the, the, uh, the backyard and it was just cold enough that you could make these like bricks, these bricks of ice. And so I started doing that. Then I realized what, this is like Legos. I can build whatever I want. So I built a, I built an igloo that turned into a bar, and then I just hid inside drinking beer from everybody. Nice. It was a great hour. It was a great hour. VIP. <laughs> Francis, does it get any more cultish than walking downstairs in your mansion in Colombia and seeing somebody wearing a spirit hood and a magician onesie? No, that's no. our life. Yeah. That's our life. You imagine, like maybe a couple of years ago, before all this crap, I might have been shocked. But it was a Monday. I'm like, oh. Right on. <laughs> right on. 
Well, let's. I want to get into your background a little bit because you've got okay. a you've got an interesting bounce around type of path. So you started out in law, right? What was that? What was that about? Yeah. So you know when you're a kid and people are like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And then you tell them what you want to be, like, I wanted to be an actor. And then they say, oh, no, you can't do that. (laughs) So I don't even know why they asked in the first place. But that was basically how it went. And my dad, you know, he comes from like a Jewish immigrant background. And it was like, lawyer, doctor or bum. So (laughs) really pushed for me to be a lawyer. And I I kind of gave up on following my creative dreams because it's really scary to follow your creative dreams. And so I went down the lawyer path and found creative ways, constantly just kept finding creative outlets and realized that, you know, law is nothing to do with me. (laughs) I should not be there. So I started renovating houses and doing different creative things. And now I've sort of found myself on this path that I'm on now. So with the law, did, were were you in law? Did you pass the bar? Did you go like full lawyer, or did you realize soon enough like no, nope, this ain't for me, and you and you jump ship? I went full lawyer. Wow. I didn't understand the concept of sunk cost, and so like, you know, I'm a year in. And I'm like, yeah. well, I may as well just do this for years and years now. <laughs> Um, but I didn't last very long. And as, as soon as I started making money, I saved money and then started investing in real estate. That makes sense. That makes sense. Was that, now I'm more curious because I funny uh, immigrant family as well. So I'm first generation and it was very much like, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor. Um, you could go, you could follow your dad. Who's got a PhD in physics. I failed physics. So that was clearly not the path for me. Right. Cause can't do math. No, can't do math. Only Asian on earth who can't do math. Um, and so, so doctor was out and I mean, while I'd like to read and edit, I never even got close to being a lawyer. Um, so I feel this very much. How, how did, how were your parents reaction? Um, when you, after you went full lawyer and decided, you know, what, not for me. So my dad never quite got it. He, he was really a lot older. And so as I started renovating houses and then, moved into a van and started doing some social media work and coaching the whole time he was like, you know, you can always go back to being a lawyer. (laughs) And you know, he's like, I don't understand how people make money on the internet. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I don't know, dad, like, he just he never quite got it. And so I, I just was like, I'm happy. And I'm actually making money. So, you know, what else do you want? (laughs) Oh, that's all he needs. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> um, mine was always you could go back to school. I didn't have I didn't have a career because <laughs> he, he understood journalism. But the second I got into marketing and SEO and started hanging out with people like Jeff, um, it, parents didn't get it at all. So we can't explain to our parents what we do other no. than sh- short of like working for the Google machine. Yeah, the it's Google. Like the only, it's, it's the Google machine. And that's the best that they get. <laughs> When you search something, we do the Google thing. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. You work with Google. I'm like, oh. like, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Kind of do. That's so funny. Yeah, people just don't, just don't get it. They're like, okay, <laughs> cool, great, honey. <laughs> so after flipping houses, you moved into a van, started van life and vacay vans. 
um, where you lived exclusively at your van and traveled around and met people. And that was your existence for years, right? Two, three years? Yeah, I moved into a van three years ago and have been like half in a van and then half, you know, digital nomad cults and traveling around with a backpack. So the van originally, and then a lot of the real estate, you know, I started Airbnb. And as I was Airbnb, I would save up money and I bought an Airstream trailer in Austin and would move into that on the weekends when I would Airbnb the front house. And then I realized I could rent the Airstream on Airbnb. So then I got a van and moved into that. So I could rent that and that and that. And basically have just been moving around hustling um, in the van so that I can make money um, in real estate. And then kind of went on this van life vision quest after a breakup. Um, I was originally going to do the van with a boyfriend. That was the whole plan. So when I found myself with a van and no man and no plan, I went on a van life vision quest and had weird hippie experiences for like a year out in the wilderness. You might have to unpack that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just like also, wandering. <laughs> also, you just like did the entire plot to every country song written for 20 years. <laughs> no man, no van. <laughs> <laughs> this girl's hitting the road. <laughs> I'm at a crossroads. <laughs> so you have so you have four or five properties. You decided to live in none of them and go live in a van. <laughs> Yeah. What what do you get out of that? Like what is this community of, of van lifers like? They are very present and really in the moment. And I think that that's kind of the whole point of the van is to shake things up and get you out of your comfort zone a hundred percent. Because you know, you don't know where you're gonna park the next night. You don't know who you're gonna meet or what you're gonna see. And so it's this journey. It's a little different to do it as like when you're living in it because it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's like kind of vacation, kind of working, but you're just sort of like this wandering, spontaneous being. And a lot of people embrace van life after significant losses and trauma. And, you know, that along with the fact that it's a socially distanced type thing, I think that post covid i mean van life is just it's exploding it's a whole new way of living that i think a lot more people are embracing how did you decide you were going to start a company vacay van by the way when i first experienced van life i was in europe with my then boyfriend and we were in germany for three weeks and rented a van and that was kind of the realization of oh my god this is the way to travel and not have to like decide where you're going to stay ahead of time. If you want to stay somewhere longer or shorter, it's like you can actually not rush through, you know, your, your trip in Europe. And so, um, after I experienced that, I was like, we need to get vans. We need to renovate a bunch of vans and we need to rent them out to people so that people can experience this. And this is like my Airbnb, like, you know, little boutique van hotel idea. And so vacay vans is what we called it. And we, we were like, well, first, you know, let's live in a van for a little while. And then we're going to get our, then start renting it. And so this was really going to be a real estate deal. But after two weeks of being on the road, this um, tumultuous breakup, tumultuated and, um, <laughs> tumultuated. <laughs> 
And then I found myself with a van and I honestly had no intention of even really doing van life very much. Like I just was going to do one little trip. I had cats. Like I didn't, Mm. I like wasn't really in my, you know, it wasn't a possibility, but then all of a sudden when it was like, here I am, like I should just go for it. That's what I did it and I've been doing it for a long time now. Prior to this, I was, I mean, I did have your email, so I knew at least about vacay vans. So I went on the website and in one of your blog posts, and you had mentioned it already about how van life is about, um, you know, getting, you know, you, you don't know, you're living in the present. And sometimes that includes um, discomfort, just not knowing where you're going to park and so on. And Lisa, you mentioned that as one of your core values, because you said one of the biggest things was to kind of figure out what your core values are as a person. And that helps kind of um, almost allows you to live in the present, because no matter what you're doing, at least, you know, you know, it's happening and it's in your core. The surprising thing was the first one I read was discomfort. And when I think of core values, just in kind of like your generic corporate sort of world, I would never think of discomfort. But you explained it as you want to be uncomfortable because that's how you grow. Um, And I want to I. How did how did that come to be? Why discomfort and how how do you rectify kind of almost using somewhat of a negative word and f- and f- having it feel a little bit more positive? Yeah, I mean, we talk so much about the comfort zone, right? And that's a place that we're often in, but a place that we know is it really pushing us? And so, you know, doing the things that make you uncomfortable even if it's just something small, like, you know, public speaking, or like, applying for a job, or just putting yourself out there, reaching out to somebody who, you know, may not ever respond for advice. um, That those are the things that push you and that change you. And van life is just the perfect epitome of discomfort, where, you know, where all of a sudden, like, I have to think about where I'm getting my water. Like, I have to pay attention to is it sunny do i you know do i have enough solar to run my fridge like you're really like focused in on these sort of like core needs as a human and that is uncomfortable and that is why van life is just like i mean it is crazy the growth that you go through through that process well i mean that's our natural state right i mean we spent tens of thousands of years doing nothing but that up until the comforts of what, 18th century, something like that. So that must be a natural comfort zone where our bodies probably want to be anyways, right? And it's and it's empowering. I, I know for me, if things get too comfortable, I get really, really restless. You know, I was, it's good for a little bit. Like, yeah, sure. You want like the super nice hotel. You want all the, they call me princessa. When I travel a lot of times, <laughs> you think, princess. I don't know if you're, you can thank Jules for that one, um, because I like nice things. But the but the thing is, like, you know, you get stuff taken care of you too much, you start getting a little stir crazy. You lose that empowerment of like, yeah, finding your own water, doing your own lot, little stuff like that makes you feel better, and it almost makes you feel like you have more of a purpose. And then, and then you can actually enjoy the things you're supposed to enjoy. Because you've already done, it's like doing your homework first, you know? Yeah, it's like you really appreciate it when huh. you have those extremes, you know? I appreciate all of that so much. Like when I'm in the van, I appreciate it. When I'm in a house, I really appreciate it. 
So that's kind of why discomfort is is important, I think. Do you feel like you get that all the time when you're traveling? Do you get like a renewed sense of that discomfort and then bounce back when you're traveling because you've got a constant need for your basic, what is it, Maslow's hierarchy? Like you're constantly on that bottom rung? Yeah, I mean, it can definitely be really annoying as well. Like, I mean, it just, you know, I I checked into this Airbnb yesterday because I was like, I'm just sick and tired of trying to find like the right coffee shop to work at, the right place to do this, the right place to park. Like, you know, it can be, it, it, it can be like pretty annoying to be pulled back down into that sort of mindset. But yeah, like, I mean, I will tell you that every time I turn on a sink in a house, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Which seems priceless, like the fact that that's the reaction. And it's not even so much like, oh, there's water here. But you know full well how important that is and in the past what you had to go through. Um, and so I think that it's, it's, it's a nice positive, positive cycle. Um, what I want to know is because it sounds like this started as it, you, you didn't have, you know, like you said, you didn't have a plan. You didn't have a man. You had a van. And so you just started started out. Um, at what point did this suddenly feel like, okay, this is it? Because you talked about the frustrations. I have to imagine that as you started this in the beginning, those frustrations eventually kind of like built up, but at some point it had to have, have faded. And then this suddenly became your thing. How did, when did that happen? What was the, what was the situation where it's, it, it's just kind of like took over and then this was you? I think it was honestly pretty quickly. You know, I was in the van boyfriend and I got the van. We're going to have this whole business, move into the van two weeks, break up. Um, took a couple months to kind of figure out what happens now. And then when it was like, okay, I'm single and I have this van and I think I'm going to go on this journey. There's this really intense fear that I felt up until the moment of just starting the van. You know, just that thought of like, what's going to happen? Like, in three days, what's what's going to happen down the road? Like, yeah. you know, thinking about all of the things that were coming, because all I knew was that I was just going to drive around for, I thought, six weeks or so. And, but the second that I started doing the thing and like turned on the keys to the van, I just realized I was like, I can stop and go and do anything. And healing from a breakup and having being able to follow your gut to such an extreme was a high. And so like, you know, with my ex, I'm sure our first day of traveling, we would have gone like four hours to this spot, da, 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 da. you know, we would have had this whole plan. But I drove 40 miles. I stopped in a tiny town outside of Austin, Texas. And I just drank wine with a bartender and parked in front of the little wine shop and just passed out in my van. And <laughs> van life was great. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, I should have done that with all my breakups. I've, I completely did them wrong. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, wait, are you convinced? Is this your next hobby in terms of like, are you going to get a van? She actually did convince me. We talked about this back when we were in, um, where were we in Hardeen? It just kind of clicked. It just kind of clicked one day. I thought, wow, this sounds awesome. I've got a couple weeks of vacation time that I need to kill anyways, because I'm just going to start losing it. Um, so I went on um, some website. I found, I think it was outdoorsy.com. It's like Airbnb for 
for vans and for, for RVs and campers and stuff like that. And you can go and find local people that are renting out their van or their RV and you can just rent it out and, and kind of do like a trial version of it. And I thought, well, why the hell not? Like I, the only thing I can imagine like better for my dog, she likes going on rides. And if I put her in a house that goes for a ride, it's like a perfect dog vacation. So if nothing else, this is going to be an amazing vacation for Charlie where we're just going to hang out, drive around in the van. I'm going to get some really good scotch and whiskey and call you at two in the morning as usual. <laughs> drunk in front of either and drunk in front of the uh, Grand Canyon and or other monuments and such. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I mean, I was, I was talking about going through different like parts of Arizona and then, I don't know, up to Utah and then just, I don't know wherever the road takes me. Yeah. So yeah. 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 She didn't convince me. I'm, I'm, I'm all in, or at least I'm two weeks in, maybe not all in. <laughs> Is that how you're going to long you're going to do it for? Probably about two weeks. I've got, yeah, I've, I've got two weeks of vacation, so I'm just going to do it. No work. I'm just do it right. Oh my gosh, Jeff, if you want to borrow my spirit hood, you totally can. Yes. I have to do this in a spirit hood, right? I have to document this, don't I, Francis? Yeah, you do. You should have your own specific Instagram just for this, just for this trip. <laughs> I should. Lisa, how, how is Jeff going to do on that? You've seen him travel. I, apparently he was Princessa, so that's news to me. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy um, that little nugget. How is, how is Jeff going to handle a van? Truth, how is he going to do? It is going to be all of the things. It is going to be a roller coaster ride in all of the directions, I think, because... <laughs> Lisa, we know each other too well. Don't pull punches. I feel like you're pulling punches right now. I've seen Princessa a little agitated. <laughs> like if there's children around or... <laughs> You know, traffic or something. I told I, I told you she knows me, Francis. I told you. I know. I can tell. Children, I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's gonna be, you know, a wild ride. Yeah. And and I think you're I think you're gonna love it. Um, but it'll be interesting because I don't I mean, how much do you plan, Jeff? Because you kinda just go with the flow, really. Uh well, how much do we plan for this podcast? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Maybe one, maybe one percent. Yeah. We have help now with Dom. So one percent. Now that I'm going down on my Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I might put two percent or even three percent. So <laughs> a little something. You're gonna get frustrated. You're gonna get frustrated. But you know, you can call me and bitch, and I'll hang up. I'll be like, you call Francis instead. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of it, right? Isn't that uh, isn't that what you're looking for? Isn't that part of the discomfort? So the sweet's never sweet without that bitter. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. You just really have to put yourself out there. And it's a little bit different now because it's not it's so easy to connect with strangers all the time. But, you know, I think a really important part of van life is the people that you meet. And to the thing is, is like when we met and in our little world of digital nomads, everyone is kind of traveling and fun. And they're like, hey, let's get to know each other. And when you meet other van lifers, it's like that. But a lot of the people that you're going to meet are just like the dude that, you know, goes to this bar for, you know, the same every Sunday for 40 years or whatever. Like, you know, these people that are a little bit not used to this California kid showing up. 
And so I think you'll just have to be the one to put yourself out there and to make some of these initial connections. But then everybody wants to talk. What do you think, Francis? Am I going to make it? I'm sorry, I can't wait. I can't wait for the videos. I can't. You should just start. This is your TikTok, actually. This is how you so should get into it? TikTok. I'm thinking like I would probably not get any any followers on my Instagram. I don't think anybody wants to see me wearing my spirit hood. I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to hit the same. <laughs> you never know. Don't limit yourself. Do you at least have a like a direction of where you'll, you'll like aim for, Jeff? Like, will you just go west? Will you just go like north? Like, well, or do you, like you, you flip a coin? Down. And then down. east, down over, and then nor- north, like, <laughs> oh. and then back west. Your handle is Princessa, by the way. Your Instagram <laughs> handle has to be Princessa, <laughs> with the bio of "I hate traffic and children," <laughs> and I you will get all the followers ever. God, you guys really, I, man. I feel so simple now. You really summed me up. Into like a couple of very, very descriptive sentences that, that well describes me. <laughs> math, no, math, no kids, and no traffic. <laughs> Jeff Baker. Lisa, you started getting pe- helping people get into this life and the digital nomad life. That's your latest yeah. venture. Let's talk a little bit about that. You just feel so much love for what you're doing that you wanted to share it with other people? It was really weird to me that everyone that I would meet would be like, you're living my dream. Like, it's not that hard to like, have a vehicle and like, stay in it. <laughs> or, you know, or like drive around like it mm. didn't really under I didn't realize it was everybody's dream before I started doing it. And then when I realized it was it's like, okay, what is really the dream here? Like, what are you actually idealizing? Like I'm peeing in a yogurt container in my van and like dumping it out when the woman that walks her dog like is gone. Like what (laughs) is your dream here? And so that's really like, I love psychology. I love mindset and understanding humans. And so that's really what I've started focusing on is helping people figure out like what their goals are and where they're holding themselves back and why they've decided like, oh, other people can live this great life, but not me. And try to help them push push through that, whether it's van life or just being location independent or just not having a nine to five job so that they have time freedom. That's really interesting in the sense when people were saying, you're living my dream. Because my first reaction was, I bet they just want freedom because they, they, they see you in the van, you can go wherever you want. And that's probably what they're reacting to. Have you found that in in this program where you are finding people who are more interested in just, you know, taking off the the shackles or whatever and just being able to break free of the nine to five and not necessarily a van, but the van life sort of like mentality or philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say half of the people that I've worked with are not even interested in van life. They just want the freedom that van life stands for. And um Freedom is such an interesting thing, right? It's like, are you running from something or are you running to something? And when you get all this freedom, like, what are you actually going to put in your life? Just saying you want freedom, you don't know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, you're never going to get it. So I try to help people take this like abstract concept of freedom and be like, okay, but what is it actually? It's Monday at 10 a.m. Like, what do you actually want to be doing? like freedom, like, 
okay, so like, let's fill that in, you know? So that'd be like a visualization exercise where you just walk through step by step, like what your ideal life would look like. I've done like an ideal day, like an ideal work day, an ideal not work day. But honestly, like I, and I've done a lot of like sessions where I've like, like done leadership programs and writing workshops and stuff before I was educating other people on this. And I mean, I remember doing an ideal day in an exercise and I, in my ideal day, I woke up and filmed a commercial. So like your ideal day doesn't have to be like boring. It doesn't have to be regular. Like think big, like what do you actually want to be doing on your ideal work day on your ideal not work day? You know, because I think most of us, we want to work. We want to contribute and to create something and to help others. And so when all the focus is like, just to like avoid the job and the job and the work and the bad, then, you know, you don't really know what you're going to be doing with yourself. Yeah. Same, same thing is like with the, when we were talking about being a little too pampered princessa, it's good for like two days. The same thing with vacation for me. I enjoy a couple of days of vacation, but after that, I need a purpose. I need something to point at. Um, and I like working. So I, I totally get that. Are you still going to become an actress? Yeah. I was filming a television show last year and we are in the process of selling that show. Uh, that's van life oriented. Um, there's a lot of people that want to make van life TV shows and not a lot have been made yet, but there's a lot of conversations. I love performing. And so it still is definitely my dream. And that's really the dream that I was always afraid to go after. Like I was like, Oh, I'll be an interior designer. Or I'll be a house renovator. Like I was, that seemed like the big dream. But then once I got it, I was like, this wasn't even really what I really wanted, you know, like, but the scary dream is to act and perform. So that's my scary dream that I, I do want. Well, Lisa, I hope um, the, the, the acting thing works. Um, it sounds like that's the big scary dream. Where did that dream come from? Like, has it always been there? And when you were, when you were a kid or was it something realized later on? That's just one of those dreams that I've been saying since I was five. You know, like you just kind of have some of those sometimes. And sometimes you're like, ah, I don't really want to be an astronaut. But like, sometimes you do, you know, and I've been so in law school. Um, I was pretty active in the law school musical. <laughs> so <laughs> what? I all your other lawyer friends like she's taking this a lot more serious than she takes the law. I, I can totally imagine that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I definitely did. And I mean, think, and everyone took it very seriously because it's a whole bunch of people that wish they were being actors, but instead they're going to be lawyers. So they're like, <laughs> this is like their dream, you know? Um, so I just always was finding ways to perform and to to be creative. And my biggest dream has been to do creative projects with creative people. Because being in the van and doing videos and talking to Instagram, like it's my best friend for three years, did help me grow on social media, but it was pretty freaking lonely. So being in Colombia with digital nomads in this weird cult where we're reenacting the breakfast club <laughs> is like my dream come true. Yeah. It's, it's such an odd juxtaposition because you've, you ended up getting like 40,000 followers, right? Yet it was so, so lonely speaking to that many people that aren't speaking back. 
Yeah, it was weird. You know, it's such a dopamine thing because you feel like you are connecting because you're, you post something and then people see it and they're commenting and, and you are connecting, but you're not getting like the actual human need of connection. You're just getting like what feels like it. You know, and a lot of times I have been able to connect to those people. Like I've hosted van life gatherings and like met a lot of really good friends from Instagram. But when you're really alone, a lot of the time, like that's, that's not great. Lisa does get recognized too. <laughs> recognized randomly at what, in, in airports and a train station or something. <laughs> the, the van life the, woman with the purple hair. Yeah. <laughs> right? On the yeah. streets of Bali, <laughs> someone's like, do you live in a van? Wow. <laughs> Is that usually what gets screamed at you? Do you live in a van? Or, or like, van girl. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, Jeff, that's my biggest fear for you is when you're alone in the van. Man boy. Well, that too, but yeah. But when you're alone in the van and what that's going to do to your psyche, that's when I expect the 2 a.m. calls from you. Just rambling, rambling stuff. When I get off. bored, nothing good happens. Like I don't, I don't go and create works of art. I, I usually, yeah, usually have a couple of scotches and then I call somebody. Hey, wow. what are you doing? What are you, what are you scared of, Jeff? Oh God, no, we're not. Yeah, let's get into it, man. I Come mean, on. When you're alone in a van, you have to face yourself. I believe that, and that is not easy, and that is that is the down slope. But it is what propels you up. Charlie's going to be staring at me like, what is going on, man? You, at least you have your best friend. It'll be, at least I got my best friend. Yeah, it will. It will be. It, it reminds me of when you describe it, it reminds me of my first few times traveling as a digital nomad. I just traveled alone. And I just like first one I did, I just went to San Diego, like on a whim. And I just rented Airbnb. I knew one person, old friend of ours, Will. Um, didn't live with him, but he was like in town. I was like, oh yeah, that should be enough. You know, I'm just going to be working remote and it'll just be me and me and my dog. And it's tough. I mean, when you don't, I, I didn't talk to anybody all day and that's not a good place to be. So you really do have to just kind of face your own boredom and your own and be happy with the place that you have in your head, which is like, it takes a, it took like a good week, two weeks to really kind of get used to not being around anybody. And I imagine that's just like, times 10 more beautiful surroundings but like you know a lot more extreme version of that yeah absolutely but i mean if you but it's important to do that work because it's only when you get really quiet with yourself that you're able to think about what you really want and create ideal days that have your dreams in them you know because if you can't really like dig in deep like you're never gonna you're never going to discover anything. Yeah. Well, again, getting back to the the uh, discomfort, right? Mental discomfort. Full circle. Full circle. See what I did there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You did that all on your own. Hey. That, that was huge. Having a little bit of clarity today. <laughs> You've taken your first step. You've taken your first step. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
that seems like the appropriate place um, to kind of shove off. But Lisa, thank you so much. Before we go, a plug for uh, for 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 vacay for vacay van. Yeah, so my Instagram is the best place to see what is happening in my universe. It's Lisa M Jacobs, and um, that's really the the place to go. So go there and say hi and check out my van life. Awesome. Well, thank you for hanging out with us, Lisa. Thank you for all the stories on Jeff. <laughs> and um, yeah, maybe we should have a post Jeff Journey podcast. Oh, we're going to have to. All... Uh, yeah. yeah so I, we... <laughs> I, I might even. So we can unpack everything. I might have to record here. midway through. I'm going to have to document it some way. Yeah. I could Somehow. I'd take like Emil Hirsch, like into the wild videos. Into the wild. I'm just, just outside Tucson. <laughs> Yes. In a, in, a, in a parking lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll be. I'll see you. I'll be like, wait, yeah. are you right there? Oh, hey. Oh, hey. I, can see, I can see you. Van boy. Van boy. Yeah, California van. It's van boy. boy. <laughs> boy that lives in the van. A blonde van boy. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your hashtag. That'll be uh, Princess of blonde boy. There we go. I'll do it. I'll. Uh, I will create that, and that'll be a thing. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much. This is awesome. All right. Take it easy.